my best friend is an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. She just listens. And I know that she's there regardless of the day and the time and the, the event. Mm. I just know that if I need her, she's there. Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. Now, we are talking about suicide. This may not be a good fit for everyone, so please take that into account before you listen. I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. You can reach out, hello at suicidenoted.com, or message us on our Twitter or Facebook pages at Suicide Noted. Before we dive into today's episode, We have just created a way for you to contribute, if you'd like to, financially through Patreon. We have a few different tiers. I'll include the link in the show notes. So if that's something that interests you, well, I encourage you to check it out. Thanks. We are now on episode 40. I'm glad we're able to continue to bring these stories of survival to you, to everyone around the world who is listening. Thanks so much for your support. Today I am talking with Elizabeth a.k.a. Lizzie. Lizzie lives in Kansas, and she is a suicide attempt survivor. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I know. I really gave a lot of thought to that answer. I knew you would ask it. It's always so overthinked. I thought... Isn't it, though? Yeah, I was like, don't say well. That's what people say when they're not well. You're in Kansas? I am. Right in the middle. What part of Kansas? What, what town or city? We're in Hutchinson. Which okay. Nobody knows where that is. It's about 45 minutes from Wichita. Okay. When you say we, you mean you have a family that you're with? I do, yes. Everything is we. Yes, everything yeah. is always we. So. <laughs> when you say we need to bring awareness to, I believe you said, we need to bring awareness to this or to it. What do you mean? To suicide. It's got to stop. We've got to figure it out. It's, I don't know that I can call it a disease. I don't know what it is, but it's, we've got to, we've got to bring so much more awareness to it. Nobody wants to talk about it and it's heartbreaking. Right. So awareness, meaning like that it's a problem or. Yes, it's happening. It's happening to everyone. People are having these thoughts and, and then they're turning into actions and it's scary. Right. So like step one, and you'll tell me if I'm off here. Step one in awareness is just, wait, hang on. This is a thing. This is a thing. Right. And it happens to anyone. It it doesn't matter who you are or what your background looks like or where you're from. Right. I'm in many ways, like the least marginalized demographic, maybe in the history of the world. Okay. 
I'm a straight, white, middle-class, able-bodied North American guy. I check yeah. every fucking box, Lizzie. Right. And, you know, I struggle hard, right? My point being, you don't just, yeah, like, you have no idea, right? For sure. I've had the same job for almost nine years. I'm 32 years old, so I started when I was youngish. I was 23. Stable job. Super good job. Amazing coworkers. Amazing boss. I live in a great house. My community is pretty solid for the most part. Mm. Um, you know, my children are safe and happy and healthy and they're wonderful. And I still have these ideations continuously. What kind of job? What kind of work? <laughs> well, I'm a debt collector. Really? So I'm not everybody's favorite. Yeah, I'm not anybody's favorite if we're being honest. Oh, I mean, a job's a job. You, I'm not even on your list anymore. You're like, this oh, guy's done. He's such a deadbeat. I'm not going to even call him anymore. Uh, I don't really know I how it works. But... No, Absolutely know. not. I would never think that. Share with me. You had, you had shared a little bit. People are listening, right? And I think they're always yeah. curious to know the story of the person who's joining me on this podcast. Where, where does it start, do you think? Does stuff really get difficult for you in your life? How far back do we go? Um, I'm going to say 11 or 12. My childhood was, was weird, but I feel like everybody has a little bit of a weird upbringing. I mean, nobody was perfect. Our parents were doing our best or their best rather. It really hit me like 11 or 12 years old. We had sort of a natural disaster happen. There was a gas leak and it, it actually blew up three different things in our community. And one of them was the home across the street from where I was growing up, blew up when we lived there killed our neighbors. Um, It was just very devastating as a 12 year old to go through that, um, to not know, you know, how to process that. And then maybe four ish, five ish years later, I got myself into a really terrible um, relationship. Like you do when you're a teenager, you know, very emotionally, physically, mentally abusive sort of situation that I got myself into. Yep. And so in my early twenties, I was like, really, you know, you need to go to therapy. You need to figure this all out. And they diagnosed me with PTSD. Hmm. Right. From a couple of those incidences. Yeah. Did you agree yes. with that diagnosis? You felt like it yes. was pretty spot on for the most part. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also a diagnosis of major depressive disorder, Yeah. Um, which is definitely accurate. I've dealt with that for the last aware keenly aware of that probably the last 12 years so what's happening like teenagers early 20s how do you cope how do you get through it um i think it was just one of those things i kind of just grit my teeth and bear it i got into a a much better relationship thank goodness with someone that really wanted to heal those wounds yeah um so that was really amazing but there wasn't a lot of interest when I was younger in therapy and trying to fix it. I mean, I went to therapy, got diagnosed. The diagnosis completely freaked me out. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Never mind. And then you just walked away. Yes. When you grit your teeth and deal, you were able to do it well enough to get by. I mean. For a little while. Right. For a little while. Yeah. So what happened next? So I was dealing with the PTSD or not dealing rather, I guess I was not dealing with the PTSD. I was not dealing with a major depressive disorder. I was not dealing with the anxiety. And then I had a baby. This was my third child that I had had. The first two children, everything was perfect. Everything was wonderful. 
third child I had, I thought everything was okay. I just thought, well, this is just a little different. Maybe it's because I'm a little older. Maybe it's because my job's a little harder. Maybe it's because I have the two other children. I don't know, but it yeah. wasn't. I was dealing with undiagnosed postpartum depression. Right. And that's when my suicide attempt occurred. Tell me more if you would, or in, in as much as you're comfortable. So it was really one of the most ridiculous things when I look back on it. There was just a, an argument. There was just an argument one evening mm-hmm. um, at home. And yeah. I got in my car and I said, you guys are better off without me. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm ready to go. I can't do this anymore. I'm ruining everyone's lives. And I was ready to go. And I drove myself out about 15 miles away from where we lived. Was a very small rural, I can't say that word, town. I can't say it either. (laughs) Okay, good. I have a question. If nobody can say the word, why is it a word? Why is it a word? I mean, nobody can say it. No, I know. I talk to people all the time. On the phone, nobody can say it. It shouldn't be a word. All right. I agree. Not as if you were sharing something super important here. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's fine. I appreciate breaking up the story a little bit. Yes. Took myself out to this very small town, very small little community. Text my husband and I said, I love you. I'm sorry. Please tell our children how much I love them. Please mm. tell my mom how much I love her. When I am gone, I would like to be buried by my grandma. I want to make sure that my daughter has my wedding ring. Um, I laid out all these plans for him, and then I overdosed on Klonopin. Okay. All right. Didn't work. It should have, but my husband found me. Okay, so if he hadn't found you, it might have killed you? It might have. Yeah. It it should have. It was like 30 Klonopin that I took all at once. That's got to be uncomfortable. It wasn't. I went to sleep. Yeah, you go to sleep, and then you're not waking up, so you don't feel any physical discomfort. Right. So he gets there and wakes you up and then I presumably you go to a hospital. The, he called the EMS. Yeah. And then they came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they tried to wake me up, which they didn't. I actually lost about 20 hours or so of memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any recollection of the like ambulance ride. I remember the EMS getting there yeah. and then I remember being put into the ICU and then that was it. Was your husband freaking out? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was. That was a terrible position I put him in. Tough spot, for sure. Tough spot. No doubt. But you had your reasons. Yes. I I did. Yeah. So I always ask this, everybody I talk to, when you want to end your life and you try and then you wake up, Right. In your case, it's actually waking up, right? Because you actually fell asleep for several hours or were unconscious. Yes. So the first emotion that I remember is anger. Yeah. I was so angry that I was alive and that hmm. my husband found me. It, I was so angry. Wow. Yeah. It's not how they portray it in movies. Not at all. And when was that? What year was that? 2016. So you were in your late 20s. I was 27. Yeah. Married with three children. Yes. That's something that you'll never undo, right? No. So how does that sit with you? Not well. Um, I'm actually like currently in therapy for it. Yeah. Because my life feels like it's broken into two pieces. Pre-2016 and post-2016. And it never goes away. It's just like that attempt is you now. 
Yeah. How many times have you talked about it? I don't talk about it often. I mean, I've talked about it to close friends, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't really go into detail. It's a burden. Yeah. It's a burden that you don't want to put on other people, especially people that you love. Um, so it's easy enough to talk about in therapy. I've had two separate therapists mm-hmm. since 2016. It was easy enough to talk to them. Safe. But other than that, it's just not really a discussion. So when you contacted or reached out after seeing that post saying that you want to raise awareness, right? At least as a starting point, like this is a real thing. It sounds like you want to, it's not just about you talking about your stuff. Like it's bigger than that. No, it's so much bigger than that. I'm assuming my story is just a drop in the bucket. There's no statistics for attempts. And if there are, I've never seen any because I've tried. It's hard to know. Yes, very. But conservatively, there's millions of people, plural. That's what I put in my intro, around the world. It's a staggering number. Yes, I'm sure. I can't you know, even I mean, imagine. Yeah. When you uh, were dealing with the aftermath, and I know it's been, what, four plus years of dealing, how did people respond? I, I, I'd asked you who you shared it with, and I'm always really curious to better understand or learn what did people say or do that was helpful or harmful or otherwise? I've had so many people be so supportive of me. I keep my circle very small intentionally. You know, those closest to me have been so incredibly supportive of me. You know, I, I feel like I've seen or heard people be angry at their friends or their loved ones for attempting suicide. And I, I've never seen that um, Mm -hmm. from anyone that cares about me. So I'm very thankful for that. But I do think that sometimes maybe they treat me with kid gloves a little mm-hmm. bit. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, totally. Sure. You don't need the kid gloves. For sure. The hardest question I'll ask you. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. Is there a why that you can pinpoint? There was a why. There were so many things that played into it. The, the untreated and the undiagnosed things that I was dealing with. But my number one reason why was that I thought that my children and my husband were better off without me. That's legitimately how I felt. Yeah. You are better off without me because I am destroying you. I hate myself. I hate what I am doing to you guys. It is better if I am not here. Mm. That has got to be an absolutely brutal way to be feeling presumably for some time. It was the worst. Yeah. I was just in such a dark place. I don't know that it was because those things were going untreated and unmanaged. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. It was just the darkest place I've ever been in. How long were you in that space for? Probably several months. I had considered suicide, maybe, I don't, I shouldn't say considered, hadn't considered, but it had maybe come to the forefront of my mind a couple of years prior mm-hmm. um, that, you know, like, oh, this could, this could be a thing. Yep. You know, this is, this is a thing. Yep. But I do remember the weeks prior to my suicide attempt that it was, that feeling just got so much worse. That it's more than a thing. Way more than a thing. It's going to happen. It's you're out. That's right. you're out. That's how you're going to end this. That's how this feeling of despair 
and how you're going to fix your children's lives. That's. Mm. It sounds like this will sort of segue into my question around myths, but it sounds like, cause a lot of people say it's selfish. It sounds like it's just the opposite uh, with respect to the way you were thinking is that you were helping your children. Yes. Yes. You were loving your children by doing that. Yes. I right. have heard the word selfish, never directed at me. Yeah. I have never been able to grasp that concept. You know, at the time I did do it out of love and out of this is what's going to be best for you. Most human beings on planet earth do not understand what you just said. I know. They can't. So I wonder, is my podcast a total waste of fucking time? No. Because they're Absolutely. not going to get it. Well, no, I'm just being, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit, obviously, but. Somebody's going to get it. Yeah. Maybe somebody's going to hear it and they're going to think that's me. That's how I feel. And it's not true. That's not true. You're not better off leaving your children or your family or your husband or your spouse or your mom or whoever it is that needs you. But check this out. If the person hearing this is Lizzie in 2016, by the way, I'm, I am playing devil's advocate. I think my main, my main thing with all this is to make someone feel a, a tiny bit less alone and I'm comfortable in knowing that's working, right? We're, we're making people feel a little less alone. Yes. Um, hopefully more than one. Yes. If you heard a podcast in 2016 and this cool woman in her early thirties with a cool name said what you just said, you wouldn't have connected. You'd have been like, nah, whatever. Right. Cause you're, it, you're just so in that space. Yes. And you're absolutely right. You have hit the nail on the head. You've got to get people before they get to that point. Uh, okay. Yeah. I wish that I would have known that's what was happening in my mind. I wish I would have thought, let's treat this. Let's figure this out before I got to that point. I think that I could have stopped it. What would you have done had you known what you know now? Oh, I definitely. Well, that's easy. Knowing what I know now, I mean, I just wouldn't have done it. But I definitely would have reached out. I definitely would have gone to therapy. I definitely would have, um, you know, figured out some meds. I would have done some journaling. I would have taken some time for myself. I mean, there's just so many things. So if somebody's hearing this and neither of us are doctors, right? Correct. Um, And we don't pretend to be. No. Uh, It's a lived experience thing. And we're just having a, a candid conversation. Yes. You've shared what you might have done. I know it gets tricky because obviously, right, if you knew then what you know now, you just wouldn't have done it. But but you would have taken steps to maybe, I don't know, what? Just feel less shitty? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't... It's a hard one. It's a hard one. Because that's all it is, is just feeling less shitty. That's how I feel now, four years later, trying to recover from this. It's just less. I don't feel better. I'm not cured. Do you think you'll ever be cured, whatever that means? No. No. I don't. Okay. No, unfortunately, I don't. That attempt for me personally really screwed me up, really turned me into a different person, really just kind of changed my entire life. Really? Yeah. Pre-2016, that Elizabeth, she just doesn't exist anymore. Now we are for better or worse, or that's not even the question. You know, it's a good question. I've had my therapist tell me that he thinks it's for better. He's like, I think this Elizabeth is stronger. Mm. And I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. 
this Elizabeth is maybe more knowledgeable. I wish I didn't have that hanging over my head. Hmm. I love your honesty. A lot of people have this sort of narrative of, you know, I'm better for it. I'm stronger for it. Hey, I love all my guests. Oh, for sure. But you're not saying that. It's an interesting and a sort of different thing that I'm hearing, which is kind of yeah, like there's just conflict that you're just you're, you're sharing. You, you, there's angst. There's conflict. Yes. Yeah. And maybe I'll get to the point where I am better for it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just not there yet. But I'm certainly not now because I carry all of this guilt with me. Guilt of what I did to my family, specifically my husband um, and my mother. And knowing that they look at me a little bit differently. You know, I you can just kind of see it. You can. Is she okay? Is she thinking about it? You know, will she ever try again? Given what you shared, those are kind of fair questions that they should be asking, no? Absolutely. Because you said, and you'll, again, as always, you'll let me know if I'm off or I didn't hear correctly. You do ideate. Yes. Four plus years on from the actual attempt. You're ideating. Yes. That's some scary shit. Yes. I actually checked myself in to the hospital in September of 2020 because of it. Because I was so scared. How long did you stay there? Four days. Helpful? Um, For the time, yes. Yeah. I couldn't keep myself safe. My husband couldn't keep me safe. Mm. So, yes, because I was safe. I yeah. just needed some time to remember that I'm okay. Right. That everything's going to be okay. Trying to see how to frame this question, so I'm maybe going to refrain from asking it. But I'll just say this. I'm a man without children. It's got to be very difficult, is what I'm saying. Yes. You've got children. And I'm sure that whole dynamic is beyond words. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any other myths that you could think of based on your personal experience or even things you've heard in the Facebook group or elsewhere that you're like, nope, bullshit. (laughs) We got to call bullshit on stuff sometimes, right? For sure. I think maybe the biggest frustration to me is going back to what we said earlier about it being selfish. It's not selfish. It's not. Um, That I wholeheartedly believe is bullshit. People that are dealing with the depression and the anxiety, um, you know, the PTSD, whatever, whatever you're dealing with, it's real what you're dealing with. It's really there just because you can't see it. um, Just because you're not bleeding doesn't mean that it's not there. It's there. Um, It doesn't make you any less of a person. You know, something really important. This isn't a myth. I'm kind of going off on a tangent. I love tangents. (laughs) Something that I was told, some information I was given when I checked myself into the hospital in 2020 Mm -hmm. was that you're treating your brain. It's an organ. One of the most important organs in your body. It's not any different than treating cancer or treating heart disease. It's an organ that needs to be treated. There's a yes and, I think. Yes and. It's a little different. Here's why. Okay. And if you and please disagree, I love when people disagree with me. Okay. Diabetes, right? Yes. Boom. Here's what you're doing. Here's what you shouldn't do. Here's the chemical stuff. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Mental health, mental illness, mental brain, 100%, right? Yes. But going for a walk and making love and having a connection with a human helps. Yeah. So it's a little different. It's not just X plus Y equals Z. 
I just had a lot of conversations where there's a simplification of it. And I understand why. And I'm not suggesting you're, you're saying that, but go to therapy and get the meds and you're good. It's like, nah, not necessarily. No. Nah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I'm a huge advocate of therapy because I think therapy could have helped. Yeah. Because now I'm trying to undo all of this, you know, but yes, go for a walk, go outside, get some fresh air, listen to your favorite band for a little while, whatever makes you better, whatever's going to help you out of that mindset. What's your favorite band? Please don't say Kansas. Um, No, (laughs) don't do that because that would be too meta. Don't do that. I know the same two Kansas songs that everybody else knows. We only know one. So what's the second one? Okay. Dust, Dust in the, the Wind. Dust in the Wind is what we know. And Carry On My Wayward Son. Nah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I think yeah. Dust in the Wind is a little more known. You're right. Would I so, Would yeah. I karaoke to that? Yeah, I would. Not. I wouldn't typically say that publicly, but that's fine. Going back or sort of looping back to, it's a little bit different than diabetes. I think we're on the same page with that though. Yes, I agree. And you're correct. And now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking back to a few weeks ago. So I was at a therapy appointment and I was telling my therapist and I've seen him maybe a couple of months. So we're still pretty new into this, trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's going on? Why right. are, why are we having, you know, these ideations and stuff still, you know, and, and I'm telling him, I'm like, I live this good life and I have no reason to be unhappy telling him all this stuff about, you know, how amazing my life is because really when you look at it, it is. And he's like, it's definitely got to be a chemical imbalance. And I'm like, right. okay, fair enough. Right. Okay. I'll take it. So I go see my med doctor and I'm telling my med doctor, we're on the third medicine that I've tried in, in, I don't know, a couple of years. And he's like, it's definitely got to be something that you need to figure out with your therapist. And I'm like, huh? And they're both doctors, right? Correct. Who do you listen to? Can they both be right? No, there's no way. So it's something beyond meds and therapy. Right. For Look, for some people that are hearing this, meds might be the answer. Done. Yes, absolutely. Or therapy might be the answer. And I say that. I think most adults, when they're listening to this stuff, they know that there's nuance and gray area. There might be some teenagers. And so I, I always want to be careful. Yeah. The thing with meds or chemicals is that when your chemicals are way off, nothing else really matters. You got to get that shit right somehow. Yes. Right, right enough. A little bit in the right direction. Or it just won't matter if you go for a swim or you, or you play with your dog. Like your chemicals are... It's so tricky, right? Because we know, though, that playing with your dog helps your chemicals. Yeah. It's a very tricky, tricky, tricky situation. Sometimes she doesn't help my chemicals. Sometimes she's a little extra and it's unnecessary. Well, you shouldn't get a dachshund, but that's a whole other (laughs) thing. I get a dachshund. I mean, come on. She's perfect. You know what you said that's really uh, staying with me? When you're talking to your doctor and you're saying uh, something about, X, Y, and Z, I should be fine. I should be good. I should not be ideating. Something around that. You said something like that. Correct. Why am I ideating? I've right, got right. this and this and this. And I was thinking, you are ideating. The should thing, I guess, makes sense to me when I hear it, but you are ideating. Yes. You had used the word guilt earlier. This is happening, but I should do this. And, th- and this is happening and I should feel this way. It feels like that's a big word, man. And those should words are the worst. The worst. Should is the worst. Do you grow up in a a Christian household? I did. Yeah. Did that, does that impact? 
stuff? I've been asked that before, and I think God would have forgiven me. Mm-hmm. I know that's not what is taught, but that's how I felt. He would have forgiven you if if I would have succeeded in terms of my suicide attempt. Right. Okay. Just just making sure I understand. Yeah. I don't know. It definitely yeah. goes against things that are in the Bible. I know that right. for for sure. Does it? I don't know that much about the Bible. It didn't matter though. It didn't matter at that point. Looking back on it now, I think he would have forgiven me. Just some research that I've done on my own end. Um, you know, things that the theologians believe now, as opposed yeah. to when I was, you know, in the church 20 years ago, but it didn't matter. So even I could have been the most Christian going to church every Sunday. None of that would have mattered in that moment. Right. You would have still attempted to end your life. Yes. I don't know much about the Bible, Lizzie. What I do know from what I hear is that uh, Jesus was a really nice man. Yes, he was. And uh, you're not asking for this, but it, I feel compelled not to share with you, but even to our listeners, uh, man, I am pretty sure based on what I know, I'm like a Jewish guy from New York, but I don't, I'm not really Jewish, that type of guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I'm really Jewish. I just, he's a really nice dude and uh, really forgiving. Yes. Very forgiving. Things. Like yes, of all of things. Everything. Yes. There's nothing else to be said there. No. Great guy. He really good, loves you. Really good guy. Yeah. Super good guy. So we have uh, a lot of, well, more and more people are listening to this podcast. We've been okay. going uh, since July uh, and we have all kinds of people out there listening and I don't know who they are, but I always ask my, anyone who comes on here and is open enough and brave enough to talk. What do you think the people who are hearing this might want to hear from Lizzie? Or in addition to anything you might've said, I don't know who they are, you know? There are people who might be ideating or mm -hmm. recovering or supporting. It's such a loaded question. Is it loaded? It is. All right. Well, call me on that. How is it loaded? That's fair. Just because you don't know mm -hmm. someone's listening as a supporter. You know, what do you do? What do you yeah. do as a supporter? Do you play with them with kid gloves? Right. Do you watch them 24-7? What do you do? There's no right answer help? here. Obviously. How do you help? There is no right answer. Correct. You know, somebody that was in my situation, I don't know that, that I could have been talked out of it. Right. Um, you know, somebody that was in my situation a year before it happened, it's going to be okay. It's not worth it. Hmm. You know that? It's going to change worth. your life. And you're going to yeah. wish it wouldn't have. At least that's where I'm at. Right. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Well, the reason I have a podcast is so I get to ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing like is for me guess. not to deal with my own shit. You realize that, Lizzie, right? I guess. I don't know. What I would say to the people who might be considering, I actually, I don't know. I would say to the people that are in any position of support, chances are you there's a few things you're doing. This is just broad, right? Yes. That are you're fucking it up and you're making it worse. One of the main things is you need to stop talking so much. Yes. And you need to shut the fuck up. Yes. This is, you ask me, I'm, I'm giving you what I would say. You need to understand a couple things because we live in a culture that rewards you for like, you know, solving problems or diagnosing yeah. loosely defined, not like medically. And right. 
things when you're dealing with somebody who's in pain often are making it a lot worse and they're probably not going to tell you. They're just going to stop talking to you in a way that matters. And eventually they're going to stop talking, period. Yeah. Don't be the last person that person talks to. I feel like you have hit the nail on the head. My best friend is an amazing human being Mm -hmm. um, and she doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. She just listens. And I know that she's there regardless of the day and the time and the, the event. Mm. I just know that if I need her, she's there. Sweet. Yeah. And it's tricky because we have active listening, actual conversations. Well, if you were talking to me and you're like, man, Sean, I got to talk, got to get it out. Usually you don't have like a monologue. Right. I mean, you might have a vent you need, to, but there is a back and forth that's usually required. And that's where it gets tricky because you're like, all right, well, I have to say something. And so what do we do? And I actually, well, this is a whole other conversation. All the things we do to invalidate people. Yes. Sounding. Oh my goodness. Bless- Do you know what the worst one is? You're not in the South. So we're not talking about like, bless your heart bullshit. Are we? Absolutely not. God. Cause that's a whole other. Everybody's going through it. So You're not alone. everybody's going through it. So what they mean is let's assume they're not assholes. Cause if they're assholes, then that just, this just doesn't apply. What they mean is you're not alone. What right. you hear is something totally different. Yes. Everyone is going through it. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. You're taking Everyone. away from how I feel. Yeah, you're, you're right. Everybody is going through it in their own different way. And some people are managing it and some people aren't. Right. The things that people say that they are well-intentioned, let's assume, right? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, we, well, let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, right? That are so damaging. I think if people better understood, I know I sound like I'm speaking from the pulpit here or something. <laughs> I think if people understood that their well-intentioned words were how damaging they actually were would be such a game changer. I'm sure I make all kinds of mistakes and say all kinds of stupid shit. I've done it for the last 50 minutes with you a lot. No, not at all. But the tricky stuff, Lizzie, is that, yeah, of course, the, the asshole who spouts hate or says you're a fucking selfish asshole we all agree that that person's a dick and that's not helpful. Right. It's the, the ones that I want to focus on are the ones who say, oh, sweetie, everybody's going through tough times. It's, yes. That's the one I want to be like, hang on, yes. let's talk. Hang on, hang on, back up. Yeah, it's hard for everybody. Well, th- that is true, but and it doesn't make what? it any less hard for me. And now what? A scale of zero to 10. And if you're not the per- type of person who likes scales, you don't have to do it. Zero is no chance. 10 is definite that you will try again. God, I hope not. You know, if we would have had this conversation four months ago, the answer would have been much different. Much higher. Oh, yeah. Much, much higher. That was when you were in the hospital or around that. That is when I was in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. Felt like I had made some like bad financial decisions, Um, you know, stuff like that. I'm just super hard on myself. Um, Yeah. So my, my thought process right now in this moment today mm-hmm. is I hope not, mm. but I can tell you that I've dealt with the ideation constantly for the last four and a half years. When you say constantly, I really like talking to you. And I saw so like, you say these things and this word pops in my head. So I'm like, 
in my mind, I'm like, let me end this soon so we can go on our evenings. But then I'm like, oh, she just said that. <laughs> when you say constantly, do you mean that you're ideating constantly on some level? Yes. Yeah. Minimum daily. Yeah. So like, maybe not 24 seven, but minimum yeah. daily. Cause there are people that are listening and th- this is a big one for sure. I know they're there. I want them to feel like there's other people in the world. I wouldn't say who get it. That's, I don't think the right wording, but who do that. And just to be clear, when you're saying ideating, you're thinking I want out or planning. Yes. Sometimes it's just death would be fine. You know, if I fell down the stairs, not a big deal. Yep. Hit um, by a bus. No. Yep. That'd Something okay. like that, right? Maybe you prefer sure. a car or a train. I don't know. It's well, in Kansas. I don't know what's out there. Not a lot of trains right. where we are. I mean, there Tractor. are, but there's no. <laughs> that's enough. Can you there's... imagine that would be? I'm sure it's happened, but that's a weird one. Yes, tractor. Yes. Yeah. No mocking um, Kansas. No one wants to hear a Jewish kid from New York mocking the Midwest. It's fine. We it's do old. it ourselves. It's cliche. No one cares. It's fine. But you're thinking about it. Yes. It does not go away. It's ugly and it does not go away. And some days, of course, are worse than others. Some days it crosses my mind for just a moment, Um, you know, and then I go on about my day. But some days it's all day, every day. What is one thing? This is also a loaded question, by the way. Oh, perfect. It's a presumptuous question. Okay. What is one thing other than your dachshund that brings you joy? Oh, that's easy. Okay. There's lots of things that bring me joy. Music mm-hmm. brings me joy. My you family. Never got to your favorite band, by the way. Pink Floyd. Really? Yes, I actually have a really sweet Pink Floyd tattoo. It says, "I'll see you on the dark side of the moon." Uh, your family. Yep. Yep. My family. Yep. My children. My mom. My husband. My sister. You know, definitely things like that. I love to read. Stuff what like are that. you reading right now? Right now, I am reading a book called Blindside by James Patterson. It's actually okay. sitting on my nightstand. It's yep. pretty good so far. Get, you kind of lose yourself in that a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of nice to go to his world, you know, where there's there's murder and, and yeah. corruption. Sure. Yeah. We don't have anything like that in Hutchinson. What county is Hutchinson in? Reno. How, where, how far is your closest neighbor? Oh, like right next door. Okay. My community is probably about 45,000 people. Okay. Give or take. What's the largest metropolitan area of Wichita? I believe Wichita is the largest, yes. I imagine flying above a Kansas and just seeing a lot of squares. That's exactly what you would see. And those farms, which they are mostly, what yes. are they? <laughs> this is so not related to this podcast, but it's all good. <laughs> what are they making on the farms? primarily do you know um wheat and corn or sometimes you get really lucky and it's just a sunflower field wow yeah yeah they're beautiful i i I really appreciate you sharing this with me and i'm glad we connected it was like yesterday yeah right i know it's so nice yes you're gonna be the uh episode number 40 oh that's exciting that's a good number it's a great number it's a round number yes i Uh, like round numbers (laughs) You're the first person I've spoken to in Kansas, the great state of Kansas. <laughs> uh, and we, we had one in Nebraska, but nice. that's not the same state. Even I know that. 
Episode number 40. I'm proud to have it. And I'm glad that we connected and we're talking and that you shared what you shared as slightly perhaps glib or trite as this is. Kind of glad that your husband found you that day. Me too. Thank you. And most days I am glad. Right. Like, let's not get too excited about it. Right. Let's be realistic. We're not like, oh, you're like, but, but we're, but we're glad that, that he found you and you're, yes. you're alive and you're, you're, you're here. Yes. I have had lots of time to think over the last four years of what it would have done to my children. Yeah. Um, because I have seen the progress that they've made in their lives. Yep. And I just think that it would have not been progress. I think it would have probably been sadness. I, I like to think that anyway. So that's been good. For sure. For sure. That's been an eye opener to think it's good. You know, it's good that he found you. Yeah. Well, thanks again. No problem. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, and let's keep spreading this stuff. Hey, you know, there are people out there that need to hear it. So we'll just keep doing what we're doing as best we can. Yeah. Yes. You keep doing what you're doing because it's amazing. All right. Well, thanks, Lizzie. But I feel the same about you in Kansas. Oh, thank you. All right. Talk soon and be well and stay safe and all that good stuff. Okay. Thank you. You too. All right. Take care. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and special thanks to Lizzie in Kansas. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com. You can message us on Twitter or Facebook at Suicide Noted. Thank you so much for your support. If that support looks like listening or sharing the podcast with others or making a financial contribution via Patreon, it's wonderful. We appreciate it. So once again, thank you. Stay strong. Do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.